Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. I have a question for you, and this is a question I think I already know the answer to. (laughs) A lot of you complain about the feeling of uh, feeling overwhelmed. It's something that happens to all of us occasionally. And there's a lot of different books and psychological tricks, if you want to call them that, that have been um, written and shared with regards to how to uh, make yourself feel less overwhelmed. And Julie and I have read most of those, and we've read a lot of the books on how to organize, how to journal, how to just get, you know, there's a book a few years ago called Getting Things Done or whatever it was, all kinds of different little tactics and potions and notions. And what we've discovered that's a common thread amongst all those books is that they don't really help you to resolve why you're feeling overwhelmed. All they're trying to do is helping you to organize all the thoughts that are causing you to feel overwhelmed in the first place. Again, I'm not criticizing. I'm just letting you guys know for the sake of understanding why you do have this often, this feeling, uh, you know, maybe more frequently than you'd like to feel of being overwhelmed. And here's the answer. And then we're going to tell you the technique to go ahead and basically clearing out all the overwhelming head junk from your own head. But here is the ultimate solution. And this is something that you ought to keep in mind. Actually, I'm going to use a nice William McConaughey quote. Or, um, is it William, Jilly? What's the guy's name? The I'm actor's Matthew. name? Matthew, Matthew, yes, Matthew McConaughey, quote, right, exactly. He said, life is barely long enough to get good at one thing, choose wisely. And I thought that was really uh, poignant because it does make the point that we're trying to make today. So here's the thought for all of you. When you're trying to get good at something, you, when you're trying to be masterful at something, it's better to be myopic. And myopic means like having tunnel vision to being drilled down, to, to really mastering the art of maybe maybe three to five things. What so many of us think we're supposed to do is somehow be polymaths. And a polymath is somebody who's uh, good at a whole bunch of things and uh, really high-level functioning at a whole bunch of different tasks and activities. And they can effortlessly go from one thing to the next to the next to the next. I mean, maybe Elon Musk would be a good example. But most of us, like all of you listening and all of us hosting, do not have that level of intellect. So we need to understand that for us to accomplish anything in life, we need to be myopic. We need to be drilled down. We need to have our heads clear on a frequent basis so that we don't uh, essentially allow too much stuff into our heads. So start taking notes, and I'm going to share with you guys a technique I've used with coaching clients. Um, and I actually learned this from our good friend Warren Buffett. No, we don't know Warren Buffett, but that sounded good, didn't it? <laughs> so, Julie, before we uh, get to the first point, anything you'd like to say to these guys? I Well, I have to remind them that the month turned over not so long ago, and we are still in the thick of prospecting Palooza. I'm getting reports back from our listeners and our coaching clients who have taken action over this past weekend. They're doing their Popeyes, they're, you know, the door knocking because, you know, there's no do not knock list. Some of you guys love to use the excuse of the do not call list to not call. 
Okay, so lots of great reports, things like people making five or six contacts and getting two appointments out of it. I think those are pretty great ratios. So if you're blowing off expired Palooza, do it at your own peril. It's kind of like turning your back on that additional income by not helping people who so clearly need your help. So as a coach, I find that really not okay. And I just had to uh, throw that out there and remind them and nudge them a bit. Back to you. Well, it's a it's in perfect alignment with what the topic is today, because at the end of the day, mm -hmm. if you're trying to decide what to get good at, one of the first things you have to do, and the, the official points here start in a second, but the first thing you have to accept the fact that you are not going to ever be good at very many things. Um, neither am I. Okay, so just accept that. So professionally speaking, don't try to be good at good, a lot of things. Don't try to think you have to be a good manager, a good team builder, a good rah-rah, a motivator, a brand, you know, a, a website designer, a copyright editor. You don't think you have to, guys. That's insanity because you can't be good at all those things. The best and the clearest, the shortest path to success in real estate is to be focused. All your focusing all your best energies on being a listing agent. Julie just touched on one of the most easy, well, frankly, the easiest and, and most urgent thing that all of you should be doing is focusing on becoming a powerful listing agent. So we're going to again drill down with you and help you clear your head about really what matters most to you, and you're going to be making your own list. Uh, and another little suggestion on how you can get the most out of this is you're going to have to make a decision and be okay with not doing things. That's the main challenge that a lot of you have, and you have a, there's confusion. There's a tug-of-war in your head between what you're supposed to do, uh, what you're being told you're supposed to do, rather, and what you maybe know you should be doing. And, what happened, or it, it, and that's what gets confusing because if you're in a brokerage, for example, and they're putting a lot of pressure on you to build a team, and that's kind of the undercurrent of every conversation, and you're just, and, but you're wanting to focus on mastering your listing skills or knowing how to convert a for sale by owner or doing things that are going to put money in your pocket urgently, money in your pocket next 30 to 60 days, but all these external pressures are coming at you. I mean, I was reading a summary of some of the uh, topics at the recent Inman event, and I have to tell you, from an agent's perspective, there was like nothing there of value. And, you know, we're advocates of Inman. I just did not see a single topic that was, had any real value to agents. Um, and it, if anything, it sounded like a very dystopic version or vision of what the future is going to be for real estate. It was really kind of bleak. And I think the reason and how many people reading that realize that, that it's confirmation bias at work. Those people that are making the predictions that, you know, agents are going to be essentially, you know, delegated or relegated or disintermediated, those people making those predictions, they want those things to happen because it validates their business models in essence. So when you're reading some of that stuff, if you're reading a lot of that stuff, or if even you're wrapped up in politics or whatever the, you know, the topic de jour is, you're never going to have an opportunity to really focus in on any one thing. You're going to be constantly spreading your thoughts uh, really all over the place. Emotionally, you're going to be spent. So suggestion is to go completely media-free. If you're feeling overwhelmed, go completely media-free. That means no news. That means no, I mean, obviously a podcast here and there doesn't hurt, but completely purge all sorts of any kind of information that entering into your head. That's going to give you an opportunity to sort of calm down your thinking, 
it's going to limit the inputs of all these different people's opinions that have maybe been causing you to feel overwhelmed. And then what's going to happen is you're going to then have those things that are important to you. They're going to rise to the top again, and you'll realize that all those you know, noisy things out there, people trying to grab your attention, you now will then realize that they had not your best interest in heart, but they were really just focusing on whatever their particular agenda was. It's propaganda, but propaganda in the news, propaganda with, you know, essentially at, at the Inman conference, when I read, that was a lot of propaganda. People that are trying to push a specific view of the world, um, and they're going to really make these very, oh, it sounds like a really sound argument, but then a lot of it does not make sense. A lot of it from a consumer's perspective doesn't make sense. But if you're in a room full of, you know, 100 or 1,000 people that are all believing that this is the way forward, you're very easily seduced into thinking, well, I have to go out and buy a CRM. I have to go and be part, I have to be part of someone's platform, right? I have to all of a sudden be part of the Zillow platform so that I can get leads because, God forbid, I actually have to learn how to generate my own business. So to really take control of your thinking and to eliminate feeling overwhelmed in your life, you're going to have to start with what are you going to stop doing, okay? So just remember I told you that as we go through this exercise. All right, so here's the concept. Julie, do you have notes? You want to, you want to pick it up or you want me to continue? Yeah, well, so we can do this together. The concept is this. You guys are going to need a pen and paper or typing fingers. Write down the top 20 things on your mind. Remember, we were talking about how to feel uh, unoverwhelmed, how to cure this constant thing that we hear on coaching calls, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. Well, I always start out with a reminder that when you're feeling overwhelmed, it probably means that you have a ton of opportunity around you. And to switch to a positive mindset on this, not to get all woo-woo or anything, but being overwhelmed means you've got a lot going on. That's great. But how do you get out of that feeling of being bogged down by all of those things? So write down the top 20 things that are actually on your mind. And you probably do have at least 20 things on your mind. Part of the issue is you're trying to keep it in your mind. It's unrealistic to keep all that organized in your head. So write down the top 20 things on your mind, but prioritize from most important down to least. So you may need to do an initial brain dump and just get it all out on the page and then go through and prioritize the most important things. So here's a question for you, Tim. How should they decide what the most important top five things actually are when they have at least 20 things on the page? How do they go about deciding what those top five things should be? So just to review what Julie just said, okay, you're spo- no more than 20 things. In the order in which you think are the most important, and, I, and Julie's question is going to be answered in a second, but the overall concept is to write down the 20 things that you, should be fo- that you think you should be focusing on in your business, that you think are the most important. And here's basically how you can discern. So before you start making your list, here's the, the essence of the rule. It, whatever you're writing down has to be things well, first of all, in the order of uh, importance, right? So the top five are going to be the things that you think are the most urgent in your business. How do you know what to define as being urgent? So this is a basic problem that a lot of you have. It's whatever is going to put you in a position to help other people and make you money that's going to result in the closing the quickest. Okay, that's it. So when you're making your list of the top five things, you need to be starting with those things that are going to put you in a position to help other people and uh, make money, put money in your pocket as fast as possible. Okay. Then you can make you can backfill with all the other things that you think are in your uh, on your list. So I want you to literally go ahead 
and make a list like that. And Julie and I are going to help you brainstorm, okay? So you might have on your list, and we're not giving you any of these as being important. I'm just telling you these are the types of things that you guys think are important, and that Julie and I are going to help you understand that maybe a lot of things you thought were important were not important and that you don't have to do at all. So what might be important? You might have, um, you might have an, an urgent need to organize your lead follow-up system. You might have an urgent need to start formalizing your pre-qualifying process when you're doing that lead follow-up. In other words, you need a script for your buyers and sellers. You might have an urgent need because maybe you just got a listing appointment over the weekend and you don't know what the hell to do in a listing appointment. So you have an urgent need for learning how to go on listing appointments. You might have, uh, now that you're basically halfway through your year, you're realizing that maybe you're ahead of where you thought you would be financially. So maybe you need have an urgent need to make sure you have a financial uh, checkup to make sure you're set aside enough money for taxes and doing all the rest of it and not just pissing away all your money on dumb stuff like what most agents do, branding and all that stuff. Okay, You might have an urgent need because maybe your year isn't going great. Maybe it's going terrible, and you have an urgent need to generate leads. Not just any leads, you have an urgent need to generate buyer leads. You guys get what I'm saying here? So what do you think are important in your business that you should be focusing on? Are you going to write down the word branding? Are you going to write down the words direct mail campaign? Are you going to write down words like, you know, choose a CRM, learn your CRM, get a designation on, in fill in the blank, go to this conference or that conference? Are you going to write, what are you writing down on your list? Seriously, what are the things that you think are important that you should be focusing on in your business? Write them down in the order in which you think they are the most important to the least important. Okay? Go ahead, get it done. Any other things you think they might be writing down, Julie? The agents from all your coaching calls would think were important that maybe you yeah. know would put on their list. We don't have to judge whether they're well, important or not. What no, are the other things I, that agents I find might it. Say? You know, it's interesting. Sometimes it's something really simple that makes them functional, or by not doing it, they're dysfunctional. When your MLS changes on you, because that happens all the time, your MLS system changes and you don't really know how to use it, well, how debilitating is that? Go figure it out. Take a class on it. Call them and figure out. I had a uh, call the great agent this morning that her homework was sorting out how her MLS hooks up with her expired company because they weren't really jiving and being that the month ended and her homework was to talk to expireds and use the script and set at least two appointments well this was a, a bit of a debilitating thing that she hadn't had that tech sorted out that absolutely is related to dollar productivity because when you cannot run your own MLS your CRM your expired finding thing whatever the case may be and you are kind of disorganized and hand, handicapped of course you're going to make less money and help less people so some of it is surely figuring out what you've already invested in. You guys all have apps on your phones that are supposed to be making you more functional. Do but you Julie, actually answering know how the to question, use your stuff? To help, no. to help them make their Sometimes list. Okay, answering the question, help them yeah. make their list. What other things might they be well, putting on their list? Them. Here's the thing. Use the good old-fashioned what makes you money to help you figure it out. Of course, anything having to do with lead generation, number one, because the rest of it doesn't matter if you're leadless. So lead generation. Then you've got lead follow-up. Some of you have yet to systematize your lead follow-up. You just do it when somebody calls you two or three more times and they're the squeaky wheel, so you call them back. Uh, one of the most important things you guys can do is make the commitment to always answering your phone. That's part of your system. So then you've got, you have uh, lead generation, lead follow-up. You mentioned pre-qualifying. Some of these guys go on appointments they probably shouldn't be and take overpriced really listings be because they didn't pre-qualify. 
then present, negotiate, close. Pre-listing package is an obvious thing to get sorted out. Okay, so what are, what's on your list? Did you finish your uh, 20 on your list? So what did, what did you write down? We just gave you some things that maybe you should consider writing down, but what are the things that you wrote down? Right? These are business things. Things are going to put you in a position to help people and make money. What are the top 20 things? Now, here's where you will probably feel the highest level of consternation with what I'm about to ask you to do. You need, and this is going to be the painful part, but hopefully you follow the directions, you need to circle the top five things and scratch off everything else on your list. Literally scratch it off. And if you follow the directions, those top five things are going to be the things that you absolutely positively must take care of immediately that's going to put you in a position to help people make money. Helping people making money, by the way, are synonymous. Accept that because it's true. Those top five things are the things that are going to help you accomplish your goal. They're going to help you build more momentum. Are they going to put you in a position where maybe you can turn your ailing uh, business around? Are going to give you the real boost that you need to really, you know, if you're new in the business, if you're a grizzled veteran and you're feeling a little burned out, you're probably burned out because your list isn't 20, it's 200 things. You're really confused about what matters. This is similar to a um, technique that Julie and I developed years ago called the brain dump, and that's where you just write down everything that's in your head, and you, you, know, you do that to end every day to make it so that you don't have those things bouncing around in your head, at least not with the same level of intensity at night. But ultimately, what you're doing with this exercise is you're taking responsibility for the things that are going to have to be your myopic focus in your business and your personal life. Now, you could do the same exercise with other aspects of your life, too, by the way. But Julie and I are business coaches, so this is what we focus on. So those top five things, those are the things that you need to be good at, not just, I'm sorry, that you need to be great at. Everything from six to 20, those are the things that are going to betray one through five. Now, you can actually, like I said, you can use the same technique when you're thinking about, for example, the things that matter most to you in life. Like, what is it that you want to accomplish for the next 12 months? What are the things that are the most important that would make you feel the most accomplished? And you write those, five, write those 20 things down. And then same technique, everything that's basically not one of the top five, just stop doing. Because what happens is a lot of you are struggling to come up with any ideas beyond maybe five or six, right? And so what you did is you wrote down all the other stuff that was in your head but all those other things that are, you know, essentially that you were writing down, did you see how those were pulling energy from the things that actually mattered? And that's what we allow a lot of us choose to allow that to happen. And the reason is, is because we do not have the many times business maturity or, frankly, the know-how to really become great at the top five things. So your top five things that you need to be focusing on, on at all times in your business, these are what a, a form, hopefully, of all you know that you wrote down, all of you should have had a version of what I'm about to tell you is one of your top five things. Those should be lead generation. Now, I want to be very clear about this. Lead generation is not buying leads. If you want to be beholden in this dystopic you know, vision of the future, as far as agents are concerned, that you're hearing all these you know, technologists sort of ramble on and on about, if you want to essentially be a Borg in their you know, big mental cube, well, keep buying leads from them. Become dependent on them. But you don't have to. Anybody who's professional, any agent who's been in the business with even a moderate level of success, they know they don't need those big platforms. 
They don't need – and that's the fallacy that none of these big platforms have really taken into consideration is that any agent who is even mildly professional knows that they don't need them. So the big platforms will never be able to make those agents dependent on them because those agents already know that point number one or the first thing that all of you guys should have had on your list – Big, you know, the successful agents—they already know this. When you proactively lead generate, guys, you will never be dependent. You will always be independent. Being independent means that you can generate business anytime you want, and you don't have to buy it. You don't have to worry about some fancy pay-per-click campaign. You don't have to basically think that you're some sort of, you know, uh, search engine optimization master, or you could do uh, Instagram ads or Facebook ads. Oh my God, who's going to come out with a new, you know, shiny bullet done for you lead generation? Blah, 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 blah. You don't have to worry about any of that crap if you know how to proactively lead generate. So all of you should have proactive lead generation as your number one thing that you should be focusing on. All of you should need to be fanatical about your um, lead follow-up. I mean, that's so incredibly important, is how many of you are fanatical about lead follow-up? And we call it in our company, we call it furiously fast lead follow-up, but that's what we teach all of you guys to do. And that is another way you can win because most agents don't follow up at all, most salespeople for that matter. And when they do, it's going to be in some sort of passive, wimpy way. It's not going to be a phone call to solve the problem. It's not going to be somebody acting urgently. The guy that you can be brand new in the business. And if you're urgent, if you call people back, if you pre qualify, if you're professional, you could even have a voice that sounds like Minnie Mouse. You're still going to get the business because most other agents are lazy or disorganized or they're feeding into their belief that they feel overwhelmed. And so as a result of that, they're never actually doing the real work of the business. The next thing you guys all need to be really worrying about, focusing on, and I don't mind the word worry either. Worry is a strong word. Worry, when you're finding yourself worrying about something, that just means you're focusing your thoughts and your energies towards the resolution of a specific problem. And if you don't have, here's a specific problem that all of you should be focusing on. So we talked about lead generation. We talked about lead follow-up. The next thing is, is you have to be focused on how to present, uh, present. You think you know how to do that, and some of you have had this false sense of being great listing, uh, you know, presenting on listing presentations, but you must look at the truth that the only people you're presenting to are your centers of influence and past clients. You are not ready to be competitive on a listing appointment. When a seller, for example, Julie was talking about the top of today's podcast, she was talking about listing palooza. You know, listing palooza is essentially what happens at the end of every month and the beginning of another month. And when there's a holiday over a weekend like there was over Memorial Day, then you're going to have all kinds of added opportunity because everybody's home. And how many of you are actually calling expireds? How many of you even look to see how many expireds there were in your marketplace? So here's going to be a takeaway homework assignment for all of you. Not only do we want you to do this exercise and write down the 20 things and get rid of anything that's not one of the top five, and hopefully you're learning that what the top five should be, so you're not even confused about that anymore. Um, but ultimately, you know, go into the MLS, find out how many uh, expireds there have been in the last, say, six months since the beginning of the year. And go and look and count. And look at all the opportunity that went to somebody else. Don't be one of these agents that tries to basically drill down in the MLS and search in too small of an area. Search your entire MLS. Areas that you might not ever service, that's fine, but, serve it, but search the entire MLS. Now, here's a little side note. If you wrote down on your list things that 
are not being mentioned now. The lead proactive lead generation, learning how to pre-qualify, uh, learning how to be very aggressive with your lead follow-up, uh, learning how to present. You know, if you're not, if you didn't write those ta- those things down, and you wrote the things down that are passive in nature. So let's say, for example, you really think your highest and best use is learning how to do a Facebook campaign. I just pick that. It can be anything, any goofy thing like that. Or if you think your highest and best use of your time where you should be focusing is going to be something else that's also passive. You've got to work on your website. You've got to work on your logo or your brand. You think that's what you should be doing with your time, right? You know a lot of you think that's true. It's not. You've been lied to because the rule was, what was the rule? Something was going to put money in your pocket in the next you know, 30, 60, 90 days, like soon, and was going to put you in a position to help other people. None of those things that you, a lot of you wrote down that are the passive things will accomplish either one of those goals. So if your litmus test is being of service to other people and making money in the short term, then that's going to keep your mind focused. And by the way, Having your mind focused on those two core things when you're making your own 20-point, 20, your 20 you're clearing the head garbage out of your head and trying to prioritize where you're supposed to be putting your efforts. If you keep those two rules, put money in my pocket in the next 90 days or less, um, uh, put myself in the position to help other people. When you have those as your, okay, does this thing actually accomplish the goal? You are writing down the word, working on your logo. Does working on your logo accomplish either of those goals? No. So you might have that on your list of top 20 things, but it better not be one of the top five because if it is, you weren't listening. You're working on your website. Now, hold on, Tim. My website's going to be this. It's going to lead capture. It's going to da, 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 da. It's going to be my own platform. You know, I'm going to have all this other stuff, all this stuff. Okay, why do you think that's true? Seriously, why do you think your website is going to be a good use of your time and money? Why? Why do you believe that's true? What evidence do you have? That your website, oh, hold on, Tim, I'm using this big company, and you should see this website. It's going to be the best thing since sliced bread. It's unbelievable how cool this website is. Okay, why do you believe, what proof do you have that that's actually going to accomplish the goal of making you money and putting you in a service to help, uh, position to help people? What evidence do you have that that's true? I have evidence that it's not true. And here's this, and this isn't from Tim and Joy. This is from National Association of Realtors. And T. Wiggins over at Inman did a killer article on this. You guys, I, uh, just go to Inman and just put in agent websites. He did like, I think it was one long article or several articles. It was fantastic. So here's the summary, if you don't want to read his article. The average agent website generates how many uh, closed transactions per, per year? Go ahead, guess. 10, 25, 2, 3. How many? How many, the average agent website, or even the exceptional agent website, generates how many closed transactions per year? The average is zero, and I'm going to tell you why. It's not because the websites don't look pretty. It's because people never find them. The search engine optimization game for the keywords that matter most to you in the housing space, that's over. Game lost. The big portal's won. The average agent will never get a shot at ever having any sort of dominance in the search business, ever. So give up. Don't even try. Fight where you – if you're going to pick a fight, if you're going to claim some ground, do it in some area that you have a shot at actually dominating. And that's going to be the proactive lead generation. That's going to be learning how to pick up the phone. I don't care what interest rates do or what the market does or – it doesn't matter. What any external – inflation – whether you know, Trump's going to put us back on the gold standard, all these things that people are starting to talk about. Mueller, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> the whole thing. What if you were to say, screw all that, I do not care, and I'm going to learn how to really uh, – we're using expires on today's show, but there's obviously dozens of ways to proactively lead generate for listings, but staying with the expired theme. What if you were to decide that you're going to be the world's best expired listing person ever? Never, never will be another one that even it compares to you. What if you make that your thing? What are the downsides of making that decision? What are the costs of making that decision? Let's mean literal. What does it cost for you to make that decision? Nothing. Okay? What do you know that comes as a result of you having, to, having made that decision? You're going to have to work. You're going to have to overcome your fear of rejection. You're going to have to overcome your fear of your perception as a salesperson. You're going to have to get your uh, listing presentation uh, organized in such a way that you can actually compete and win. You're going to have to have your pre-listing pack completely uh, essentially created so that you can compete and win. All these things obviously are part of the coaching program, right? You're going to have to know what to say, know how to say it. You're going to have to know how to overcome seller's objections. You're, all the things you're going to have to learn. A lot of things you're going to have to learn. All of the things are learnable. Most of you guys can have a high level of competency with going after expireds if you make it a priority in 90 days or less, sometimes 60 days or less. Some of you will have success at it immediately depending on your market. The moral of the story is, is when you're going through this list of all the things in your head, what are the things that are going to put you in a position to help other people the fastest and make you the, money the, quick, make you the most money the quickest? It's usually none of the things that were on your list. Some of the things that I've been just talking about or Julie and I were just talking about, they weren't on your list at all. Even though we try to get coerce you into putting them on your list when you were making your list, some of you were never you're not even gonna oh, proactive lead generation, hold on here. Right? Some of you think like that. Well you won't be in the business for much longer. Look, if you don't believe me what I'm telling you is the truth, just go and read all the stuff that um, people are talking about the Inman conferences. Let's just say 25% of it comes true. What, the 20, what that's going to do is all you that are dependent on buying leads and brokerages, you're the ones that are going to go down the first and the hardest because you have essentially created these weird, bizarro relationships with your agents where you're now having to, you know, you're beholden to them to provide leads. You cannot afford to do it anymore. Your lead generation cost is going to go through the roof. There is nothing that's going to stop your lead generation costs from increasing. And furthermore, the quality of the nature of the leads, you've noticed that they've gone down. It's because the nature of how consumers shop online using housing has changed. They're not so easily seduced into clicking a button for some free this or free the other thing, are they? It's all changed. In like the past three or five years, look how much, it's, look how much more difficult it's gotten. It's just going to get worse. But they'll always be expired. They'll always be centers of influence and in past clients. They'll always be for sale by owners. They'll always be a phone. <laughs> they'll always be your knuckles so you can knock on the door. They'll always be a seller that has to sell. No matter what the economy is doing, there's always going to be people that have to sell. There will not always be people that have to buy. What happens when the housing market changes? People stop buying, but people don't start. They don't stop selling which causes prices sometimes to fall. That's true. But when, the mar when people get jittery, they stop buying. They put off their – they wait. There's nobody wants to catch a falling knife. But all of these things, and the only way for you to offset these things is focusing on your best energies every single day on those top five things and maybe giving yourself permission to forget all the rest. I say this sometimes, you know, and Julie and I said this in our new book, Harris Rules, which is on Amazon. 
Um, it is released actually tomorrow. So go ahead and grab it while it's still on pre-order. You can get it, I think, for 30% off. So go to Amazon, Harris Rules. Um, it's a teal-covered, green-covered book. So here's the thought for all of you. When you are trying to decide where you're going to put your priorities every single day, to summarize, the first thing you're going to have to do is learn to say no. The second thing you're going to have to do is dramatically limit the input of other people's opinions on what you should be doing. Literally just cut them all off. The third thing you need to be doing is, again, writing this master list and focusing on those 20, or on those, you know, the top five things. As long as you've taken our suggestion, have those top five things be the things that are going to help you, you know, put you in a position to help people make money and all the rest you can forget. I mean, literally, you cannot ever do them. We have coaching clients that have, I mean, they don't, they don't close their own deals. They have transaction coordinators. Now, I'm not talking about big teams. They, they might use a virtual TC. I, we have people that have never, ever, like they don't want to work buyers. They're never going to work buyers. They take their buyer leads that they get in their firm off for 35% and the other agents in their marketplace. No, not agents on their team. or They'll go and pick up who they know to be the best uh, agents who like to work buyers, and they refer those buyer leads off. And agents will stand in line all day to get them. And then what happens is they can focus more of their energies on working on the listing side of the business. What I'm telling you guys is the truth. How much is your ego trying to fight with what I'm saying because you don't like the resolution or what you'd have to do to maybe follow the advice that Julie and I are giving you? You need to monitor that because that's the very thing that's going to make you broke. It's going to make you needlessly struggle. It's going to make it so that you don't ever accomplish anything and you're always feeling overwhelmed. Does this make sense? I know it does. So guys, listen. If you need help, I want you to take advantage of our free coaching calls. I know for a fact in the next two days we have, I think, 14 spots available. Go ahead and text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. And when you do that, you're going to be entitled to a free coaching call, but you're also going to uh, receive several of our books. The most important one that, well, I shouldn't say that, but the one you should download the first is the Real Estate Treasure Map. It's the fill-in-the-blank business life financial plan, and fill that out. Um, do that with your spouse or your partner. If your children are older, do that with them as much as you feel comfortable doing it. And then have that be a family effort because then the, the goals, will all, everyone will be pulling for the goals, the accomplishment of the goals. Please do not say and do not write down dumb things like, my goal is to sell 100 houses. That's wonderful, but why? Why is it that you're wanting to sell 100 houses? Your goal instead should be based on money, finances. Remember, your product is profit, so don't allow other people to railroad your potentiality with regards to what you know to be important in your life and your business. Do you guys understand what I'm saying to you right now? What matters is not the awards and the adulation. What matters is the financial freedom that you're earning yourself from having become masterful at those top five things. That is the point of being in business. Okay? If you want to do the altruistic things and you want to do all the feel-good things, do that on the weekends and evenings. Those things are called hobbies. But the point of being at work is to be at work, to make money, to help people, to take care of your family. That is the point of being at work. Hopefully all this makes sense. If you guys need us for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Get your list done. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, 
Thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.